This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And Kara, this is Scott Galloway. You literally <laughs> broke the internet. So Sean Hannity <laughs> put out nine tweets. What? I have never been this jealous. Who? Sean Hannity has put out. No, it's not nine. He did a bunch last night, but I don't know who you're talking about. I have no idea who you're talking about. Well, he's supposedly he's in he's in TV. He's not. He claims he's not <laughs> yeah. a journalist, and he claims he's been warning America and the world about COVID nineteen. Despite I think oh. I think giving the president platform to call it a hoax and bringing anyone on who will say that we're. We're having a hysterical reaction. You've really got under his skin. I don't know. I, I, you know, I was so surprised. Look, this is a column I wrote about my mom, and it's about Fox News parents, really, which is, you know, they're in the foxhole is the joke among people who have parents who love Fox News. And so she had been ignoring uh, a lot of my uh, bothering her and my brother, who's a doctor, about uh, COVID-19. And we kept, she's in Florida by herself and with some friends, but she kept going out and she's going to restaurants. And long after you needed to, like you needed to do something about it. And, you know, Florida just yesterday shut down. Down, so, which is just amazing. It took so long. But, um, you know, I, we had been saying, why don't you stay in? Please don't go out to restaurants. And she kept doing it. And I kept sending her charts and I, t- she, she was irritated by me. And it's just a column about that, about that, that, that most of the news she got and almost all of it is Fox News. And, and particularly uh, people like Sean Hannity, who had not everyone on the network was doing that. Tucker Carlson was putting out very good information about the dangers. Um, and I was super fair in this column. I was like, look, she is a news consumer and responsible herself. But, and I even said at the top of it, uh, you know, I'm not going to sue you, Sean Hannity. And I was referring to a lot of people thinking they should be sued. And I said, I don't think they should be sued. It's just they're bad at their jobs and they have a first amendment right to be bad at their jobs. And he just went, literally, I was the most fair you could be to someone who deserves almost no fairness in this regard. And and he just went crazy. He started tweeting in the morning and then he went on his radio show. I didn't listen to most of it because my mom did it for me because she enjoys it. Um, and then he went on his TV show last night, apparently. And then he tweeted when he finished his TV show. It was, and everyone seemed to be delighted that he 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 melted down. And I, I find it disturbing and depressing that he did. But no, whatever. it's not disturbing and, and depressing. Let me just review. He called you an in- incompetent, right. lazy, and a hypocrite. And I got to be honest, that yeah. made me a little bit happy. I don't think it's true. I don't think it's true. (laughs) And it's strange because Fox is generally so generous to lesbian icons of media. They're usually, they're usually very generous and magnanimous. Um, You know, they're the the, the good folks (laughs) over at Fox. But the the thing he has issued a challenge, and I think we should call him, and he said in his rant, I mean, you, I'm not, I'm not joking. This is a moment for you because you have gotten under, you've gotten under the second most powerful man in the world's skin. And for some reason, you yeah, really good. pissed him off. So this is a big moment for you. But he said something, yeah. and I think we should accept the challenge. He said that he will hold up his okay. timeline against yours. And that is, yeah. his timeline is actually quite similar to you. It's just about 14 days behind yours. You were telling me, when I was said, oh, yeah. no, we're going to South by Southwest, you were like humming and hawing and saying, I don't know, yeah. Scott, that I'm not sure. So you were actually out. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, some of it's because I think you're a germaphobe and a little strange, but you were actually out in front of this, and you were pretty 
I still don't think I was out in front early enough. Well, none of you us know did. what I mean? None of us like, feel I that way now, right? <laughs> but but I definitely was interviewing Ron Klain by very early on, and we had we had uh, that epidemiologist on the show in late February and February twenty fifth. So I agree. I think, but this guy is it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous. All of this is coming down to a very simple. A very simple methodology around investigation, and that is, what did you know, and when did you know it? And you're mm-hmm. saying, and I understand, you're saying that the primary kind of Kevlar here with all media is First Amendment, that they have a right to express their opinion. What I, yeah, I don't think that's, I, I, th- I don't think that's the that's the issue here. I think the issue here is that we're going to find that all of the people saying go to the pub, all of the people saying this is a hoax. All of the people, like Devin Nunes, all of the yeah. people on yeah. Fox putting out talking points around how this has been, this is nothing but an attempt to embarrass the president and minimizing the risks. You're going to find that these were the people wearing wearing masks, distancing like crazy, and showering in Purell and broadcasting from home. That as they were telling mm-hmm. the U.S. public, I, I just at some point does negligence become does become reckless, become malfeasance become some sort of, uh, you know, some form of involuntary uh, or reckless endangerment of other people's lives. Because I just don't believe, I, I, I think these people, these people, isn't that terrible? I think a lot, I think the people at Fox are very smart. I think they're very good at what they do. And I think anyone yeah. who has an IQ over 80, and they all clearly read you in the New York Times, they were all reading the New York Times, they were all talking to Dr. Anthony Fauci, must have seen what was coming here, and yet they were telling their consumer base, which average age is 69, so they have an older yeah, consumer base. They have a consumer base that's in red states. They have a, They literally have the most vulnerable consumer base to the virus. They were telling them, hey, don't worry, head out, head out, head back to work. Yeah, the whole, the, yeah, that was the issue was with my mom. She kept saying the talking points and I had to go to Fox to see because, you know, most of the time she argues about whether Nancy Pelosi's in the tank or whatever, I hear she's drunk or or that uh, that Joe Biden is addled. She has, all, I don't, you know, after a while that just becomes tiresome noise in the background of her watching that stuff. But when she started to uh, spew non-correct health information, especially my brothers on the front lines of this in San Francisco, like around, uh, that it's just like the flu, Kara. It's not a big deal. The media is spinning it. It's it's a it's the Democrats trying to score political points. The only one of the ones that she didn't spew was this idea that Trump was a victim because you know she alternately does, doesn't like him and he amuses her. You know what I mean? Like, but it was really amazing. And even last night she was tweeting me saying, "Oh look, Fox News is way up and MSNBC is down." She's still in their camp. I'm fine if she wants to live over there and in, in that mm-hmm. place. That's fine. But when they put back health information in front of her. That was my point. I spent a lot of hours trying to get her to stop going out. And I, the fact that I had to, and I think it's an experience a lot of people had. And I was just reflecting that. And for and even, at, it, I said, you don't even, I don't think you should sue them because I think they have the right to be bad at their jobs. But it literally, unless, you know, there's some email saying, let's be bad at our jobs. I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't imagine any way I would sue him. He, on top of it, like he goes crazy and then says, she wants to sue me. And I was like, the, literally the first lines are, I do not want to sue you and, and why. So just this, this, this like man baby really is just, it, it's, he's a man baby. Well, according I don't according to, to the and, and, Daily Beast, you called him a windbag of rage. <laughs> A windbag, <laughs> and rain. then actually, oh wait, this. Oh wait, that's what I usually reserve for okay, you. This, but this, anyway. uh, this. I'm just a windbag. It's it's a mix of it's a mix yeah, of rage and true. love. So, <laughs> so the Daily Beast goes on to say, Swisher is a celebrated and supremely well connected tech and media journalist, a formidable figure in Silicon. I just threw up in my mouth. That's it. Oh, my God. It's true, though. You know what? And also, I I put out pictures of me and Rupert Murdoch when he said he didn't. He kept mispronouncing my name and trying to make it foreign, I guess. I don't know. But uh, but he kept saying, I don't know who she is. And I I put up pictures of me hanging out with Rupert at dinner. I was like, ask your boss. But the new, new, it's just so interesting. The new narrative, the the new talking point or the new narrative. Now that the the administration has said, okay, they've all gotten in a room. And finally, someone's raised their hand and said, well, okay, let's be honest. Let's. We fucked up. We fucked up. It's not going away. It's not disappearing like a miracle. It's not. It's not going to. We're in trouble. We had more time to prepare for it than anybody else. We claim we have the best healthcare system than anyone else in the world, and we have now handled this worse than anyone else in the world. And it's going to be an economic disaster, and not only a, a disaster and taking an extraordinary human toll because 
of the incompetence. And by the way, I want to be clear. Uh, a lot of good reporting's coming out that China was corrupt, that China was not transparent and open about, about the number of virus. So the two largest economies in the world are embellishing their reputation as corrupt China and incompetent the United States. But what? Well, what's interesting? Oh, well, what what going. their new talking point is, and it's just fascinating from a communication standpoint. Is like, okay, we can't put the genie back in the bottle. We were late. People are going to die. The economy is going to be in a tailspin longer because of our refusal to get out ahead of this. Now they're saying, now they're they're basically essentially, you go into a doctor, and the doctor says, "Oh no, that rash on your leg. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Get back to work. Mm-hmm. Be productive, part of the economy." And then the person comes in and says, okay, the rash is now all over my body. And they say, well, well, guess what? Because of our good work, we think we can save one of your limbs because we're so good at what they do. The latest talking point is they're now saying, because of our good work, we may only lose a quarter of a million people, which, by the way, is the same number of people who died in World War II. It's five times the number of people who died in Vietnam, and it's 100 times the number of people who perished on 9-11. And they're actually trying to mm-hmm. flip it to, well, it could have been a lot worse. But and and did you see this bullshit yesterday where the president said, Oh, I knew all along this was gonna be bad. I just didn't want to scare people, treating us like we're eleven year olds. And yeah, every right. piece of information right. around leadership says that yeah, the know. public are big boys and girls, and what makes them feel better and what demonstrates leadership is a sober and honest conversation around what is actually going on yep. and then painting a future for how we're gonna get out of this thing which they have failed yeah. to do. But it is this is a case study in how and in poor calm strategy. It's just it's just crazy what's going on here. It's real it's fascinating on the thing. But you know, it obviously the big story is still uh, COVID-19 in Florida as where yeah. you are. I hope you're sheltering in place you already were. I mean, um, Saran wrap declared a statewide st- yeah, Saran Wrap, uh, stay-at-home order. Um, the stalled economy, a collective reckoning with what it means not to work for non-essential workers, what it means others who are in harm's way. It's a really, uh, uh, this is going to be studied for many years to come, I think, in terms of econo- economics, healthcare, everything else. Um, so let's go through it, some of the stuff. We did talk about Fox's culpability yeah. in spreading the misinformation early. And you know, uh, we can play uh, this clip of him if you want. I don't. I don't really. Oh, want let's to play the clip of the windbag of rage. <laughs> All right. The, okay. the rage. The, the wait. Bag rage. The rage. <laughs> the brage. Roll tape, okay, Rebecca. Roll that. Roll that bitch Hannity tape. You know, make it a case. My mom only listened to Fox News and Sean Hannity, and I was worried about my mom. And so I, I just tweeted out. So are you proud? The woman's name is Kara of. Swisher. I don't even know who she is. Um, and I, I, I just said you are ignorant and you are lazy and you are a total hypocrite. Okay, that's enough. Oh, that's that's enough. magic. I mean, that's I'm a magic. hypocrite. He called me a media, a ma- maniac media something, but there's a lot of M's. There was a lot of alliteration, poor alliteration of someone who didn't. I'm telling you, that guy, he all he needs is well a, to be part of a class. gay thruple and open a big jungle cat park. <laughs> that's the next level for Hannity. That's his calling. Well, speaking of which, yes, he could be on Tiger. I, I watched Tiger, whatever, Tiger King. And, it was very and, good. It was and, really good. I, I loved it. It was great. It was a really good documentary. <sighs> May I just say, away from all the craziness, it was beautifully done. Who And I know people, the, the, the my, to me, Doc Antle was the most interesting character there, honestly. Which that one guy, was Doc Antle? Which one, the, wait, Doc Antle. He's the one that's like making a lot of money. Oh, he's the, the smart elephant, one. The elephant guy. He's... Oh, oh my totally. God! He's he's banging young hotties, and he's a millionaire, and no one and staying out of everyone's way. Yeah. Doesn't piss off Peta. He's yeah. He doesn't want to be with Carol and the, uh, the yeah. other guy. Uh, the no, he you're right. He is the anyway. Smart it one. was quite good. I, I'm excited for the movie. It was really good. Um, I'd like to remove our Sean Hannity from our minds right now, but he really. I just you know listen. As Sean, we bring him up again, Sean. Let me just bring him the final time. Stop tweeting at me. It's getting a little embarrassing, and it feels like. You're a little interested in a man. I think, he's, I think he likes Swisher. the saucy little minx known as Kara Swisher. <laughs> I, I can see it. I am so, I'm only committed three. to you in an Number three, numero tres, the future. <laughs> Let me tell you, you're the only dysfunctional relationship I want to have with a man right now, okay? The, All right, the that's how future, the future ex, Mr. Swisher, Sean Hannity. <laughs> Sean Hannity. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh my, my God. God. If I wasn't gay already. Who that gets the Toyota Land Cruiser in that divorce? Who gets <laughs> it? All right. Listen to me. Listen. He does, Listen. I don't know what to say. He has a haircut that's not unappealing to lesbians. Anyway, 
Um, on platforms, oh, that's, that's <laughs> on good. platforms that Facebook well actually took down friend. video. I'm moving on well from him. Well done, my Enough friend. Enough about Sean Hannity. Let's go to the tech companies we so love to give a hard time to. They, they, Facebook <laughs> Facebook took down video of Brazilian president uh, that was providing main misinformation about a drug that would cure COVID-19. Obviously, Facebook is moving away for their claim that they do not, in fact, check public figures. That was interesting. Twitter also removed tweets by Brazilian Venezuelan presidents and Rudy Giuliani that shared that information. And back at Facebook, Sheryl Sandberg said the company's lessons learned from its numerous mistakes over the past couple of years prepared it to deal with the crises caused by the coronavirus pandemic. And Google has completely revamped their landing page on coronavirus to include information about cases and spread and recommendations from the CDC. So tech, you know, tech is uh, is, um, is sort of stepping up a little better here. Um, and and it was, uh, it's interesting that they have. I think it's, it's interesting. And they, they, I don't know. What do you think? Are they being going to be more aggressive about misinformation in the future? I doubt it. But well, I, yeah, they're they're So I got one of those. I got a notification on Twitter. I've never received one before saying you're violating our terms of service. Mm-hmm. We have temporarily shut down your account. And it asks you to click like three or four times mm-hmm. to get your account restored. And it says, did you read our terms of service? Click here. And you go, yes. And then all of a sudden it says, congratulations, your account has been restored. And it was something around, I guess I'd use music in one of my videos. I wasn't entirely sure, but their their way of threatening or warning you is to say, your account's been shut down, just click here four times and it's restored, but please don't do this again. And I wasn't even entirely sure what I what I did. But I do think, I can't figure out, and I'm, I, I want you to answer this. Are we going to find out that big mm-hmm. tech has been as reckless, as indifferent as they usually are, but we just have bigger fish to fry here? Or has, in fact, big tech sort of wisely said we can't get this one wrong this could we could really get in hot water if it should if we if again there are going to be a bunch of data scientists who correlate media consumption with infection and mortality rates and the people at facebook and google are probably smart enough to figure out that okay if we find that people who watch youtube more than three hours more than three hours a day have higher infection rates, that could be bad on bad. And we've, we're we guilty of a lot of stuff. We've been taking yeah. a lot of heat. We need to be clean on this one. Do you think it's that or there, is it just we're looking, we're staring at bigger, bigger I fish think to they've fry? Gotten, I think they've gotten better and smarter. You know what I mean? I think they realized they saw this train coming down the tracks and didn't want it to derail. You know, I think they, if it, if it had been a big mess, they would have been right in here with Fox News and others, you know what yeah. I mean? And they knew better kind of thing. And so I think this, and it was also an opportunity for redemption that they're trying to do that. Now, it also points out that they can do it. Mm-hmm. And so therefore they can do it for a lot of other things. And what the shame is that they need they need to hide, essentially seek cover from a healthcare uh, crisis that everyone agrees is terrible. Like it's mm-hmm. very easy to be for for blocking this information. And so the question is, when it becomes a little dicier, what are they going to do? And when it's clear that there's some real, like around the election, I think will be interesting uh, on what, uh, I think that's that's where I'm sort of like, okay, but what about this? Because everything is colored by COVID-19 going forward for the next year, really. And it'll be interesting. It'd just be interesting what they do and, and, and if they're going to be more aggressive on some, if it gets more aggressive. And I think it will. Um, and w- we'll see. I mean, they are, what it's proven is that they're publishers. That's the, and I think that's a good thing that they recognize that they're publishers and they have a responsibility in the information diet of the Americans and around the globe. And you know, now they're trying to do things a little too far. They're announcing this money they're giving to news oh organizations trying to curry. Favor. Hold the phone. But, Twenty-five million dollars. So speaking of windbags yeah. of rage and hypocrisy, let's talk about Facebook yeah. and Mark Zuckerberg deciding to donate money. Uh, for the aid of journalism and small newspapers. In other news, Kara, the right. NRA has donated 75 bucks to kids who've been shot in the face. I mean, this is, yeah, it wasn't, this it is wasn't again, this is again, okay, posing for the cameras. 20, I, 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 we have got to start putting out some metric that is, okay, uh, Jeff Bezos has just donated seven minutes of his income to save wildlife right. in Australia and has put out 383 press releases on it. We, at some point, we're going to start- Yeah, I don't like when they do At some point, we're going to start reference. If you put out a press release about your philanthropy, somewhere in that press release, or there should be a website that says, what percentage of your net worth? Because I know know a lot of people, and I'm sure you know them, that don't make a ton of money, 
who give a large portion of their hard-earned salary away yeah. to philanthropy are always there, always able to step up. I've actually been shocked. We've been I've been on a lot of board calls, and you can never predict, and money is not a predictor, who is generous and who mm-hmm. is not generous around helping employees, taking cuts in salaries in, in difficult times. I've been really, really shocked. It, it's It's just so interesting when you think about – all medals or almost all medals in in armed services around the world are largely a function of your grace and your bravery under fire. They don't give medals out for the funniest guy in the mess room. They don't give medals out for the person mm-hmm. who is the most interesting and thoughtful. They give medals out for when 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 people start firing on you and your colleagues, who shows, who what demonstrates bravery, courage, level-headed thinking. And it, this is a very interesting time. We're going to get to see who really who really handles themselves under grace, under power. Well, you know, look, I'm going to push back a little bit. It's good for them to give the $25 million for news or or news themselves. What the set, there was another 75 million that people thought was to buy ads on Facebook. That's not the case. They're going to buy ads on these newspaper websites, I guess, or in these newspapers and then donate quite a few of them to local small businesses. It's, look, they should be doing stuff like this. I just thought the press release was You know what that's called, though? They should just quietly. That's called a last meal for the person you're about to execute. I mean, I it's know, just ridiculous. I know, but it's, it's just—I—I—I just, I, I, I agree. I think they shouldn't make a big deal of it. That's what I—that's my issue. And look, they—they're just trying to get—they're trying to like redeem themselves. That is—that is all part of the redemption drive. That we're not as bad as you think. And when and when the comparison is Fox News, they're not as bad as we think, right? So that's the, of course yeah, they, but are. Fa- they have okay, their but own you'd rather have okay. Issues. If if what would you rather have? I'm not going to like get angry at people for giving 25 million to local news outlets. But to the do problem is, the I, problem I, is Fox News is a spectacle, but it's not historic. If Fox News three mil, right, three million people watch Hannity every day, and he's the most he is the he is the biggest person in cable television. I think he gets an audience between I think between three and maybe sometimes on when he's interviewing the president eight million. Facebook reaches a billion and a half people a day, so anything. You're talking about the difference between a dumpster fire, which catches your attention, Agreed. And, an, Agreed. and a nuclear bomb being set off. Facebook does Facebook yeah. does exponentially more damage every day. We just talk about Fox because the characters are interesting, and for some reason, TV seems to be fair. We're just obsessed with TV. Nice dovetailing of the two things. I think you're right. Weaving I think it you're together. Right. But listen. Uh, so here's one that's interesting. SoftBank won't be buying Adam Newman's WeWork shares. SoftBank has stopped. It's offered to pay up to $3 billion for shares in the office space provider WeWork. That spells bad news for Newman, the former CEO. He had the right to sell up to $970 million in stock to SoftBank as part of the deal that led to his ousting. But SoftBank said conditions were for completing the stock sale weren't met by the April 1st deadline. They cited the pandemic as one of the yeah. reasons. That little cover there by terminating the share acquisition and said government lockdowns were imposing restrictions against WeWork. And it's operations. I mean, like, oh, good God. You know what it is, Carrie? Ah. It's proof that it's proof what that even say? during tragedy, wonderful things can happen. I mean, I read this. <laughs> I read this. First, first, uh, that, yes, it was a good day. First off, Hannity calls you a lazy hypocrite, which brings me joy. And then I hear <laughs> that SoftBank is backing out of their billion-dollar signed commitment. I mean, this this is real. This is a signed agreement that you're supposed to close yeah. on. What's weird is I guess there wasn't an escrow. And then the special committee of the board, including uh, including Lou Frankfurt, former CEO of Coach, an icon of business, and Benchmark, and representatives of Adam Newman, who all agreed to sell shares at what was a ridiculous valuation of $8 billion. This company's not worth $8 billion because Masayoshi San and SoftBank wanted to save face and wanted to take control of the company and didn't want to let American vultures come in and buy the company for half a billion to a billion, which is what it's probably worth right now. But now they have face-saving cloud cover from this pathogen, from Mm -hmm. this, this novel coronavirus. And so they've said, I know Let's let the thing tank. And by the way, this is this is I don't want to call it the foul nail in the coffin, but just it's just so interesting. There the virus really is. There's be lawsuits. There'll be lawsuits. But the virus will be lost. That's that's the, that's the, the next. virus is the yeah. great accelerator. WeWork was going to have trouble. A bunch of its properties didn't make any sense. The DNA of, ex, of, of expenses that were too high was going to, I think, doom this company. And this is just accelerated that. And you're going to see, and no one cares. And quite frankly, SoftBank doesn't care. This is so, this is just like, yeah. the Vision Fund has become 
an infected ingrown hair they're and they're out. out. They're, they're done. They're out. like, That's this is all we need. I've heard they're just going to wind that yeah, one down because the guy ran it. There's all out. that controversy around him. You know, I think they, it's just, sorry, Saudi Arabia, we've lost all your money yeah, kind of out. thing. Um, so I, I knew that you'd find pleasure in both those things today. I'm so, I'm so glad you have that to feel good about. Listen, I want to move on to something more important, uh, COVID-19, the defining moment for corporate America and the labor movement, several employee protests and strikes at big companies, Instacart delivery workers staged a strike to protest their lack of protective gear, 200,000 people reported to have participated, whole food employees at a sick out to protest low wages, lack of paid leave, and other protective measures since they're labeled essential workers. Amazon workers walked up the job. They fired the organizer. Um, just to be fair, Whole Foods raised pay by $2 per hour for hourly employees, and Amazon raised pay by $2 per hour for warehouse and delivery workers in the U.S. through April. But it's still, you know, they just feel they're in an unsafe situation. GE employees protested, demand the company convert its jet engine factories to make ventilators. Um, General Electric announced it would be laying off 10% of its domestic aviation workforce. They fired nearly 2,600 workers, along with a temporary layoff of 50% of its maintenance workers in a bid to save the company $500 million to a billion. It's really like the layoffs uh, are going to happen rather substantively across across April, I think. Um, on the other hand, Bob Iger taking full salary out during this time. Delta's CEO and board of directors taking full salary cuts. Uh, Lyft co-founders John Zimmer and Logan Green pledged to donate their salaries through June, only June, although mm-hmm. I think that company is going to be in a lot more trouble. Uh, Scott, you said COVID would accelerate everything, which you just said. Is it going to accelerate the breaking point between workers and top brass? And from an optics standpoint, which companies uh, will come out good uh, look in this? In this, Oh, I, I'd like to think it's going to um, force us to reevaluate the hierarchy of our society economically. And the hierarchy is the following. The consumer is the king or the queen. Everyone has decided that the consumer, whatever's good for the consumer, is good for all of us. So if you can provide a free service, that means you should never break it up and it shouldn't have to pay taxes. The consumer reigns number one. Shareholders are kind of number two and workers are a distant number three. And you see this on full display here. And that is at a place like at a place like Uber and, and all these companies, they're talking about some sort of bailout. So Dara Khosrowshahi, the new lipstick on cancer, has all of a sudden found empathy when it's when it's someone else's check. And he's writing letters to Congress asking them to pay, to be generous in their bailout of gig, mm. gig workers, despite the fact he has spent tens of millions of dollars to try and circumvent legislation such that he doesn't have to pay payroll taxes or provide health insurance to his workers who now feel a need to show up to work and put themselves in dangerous situations because they don't have any money because they have figured out a way using software to suppress the wages of workers. Look at the U.S. auto industry care. On average, they make $27 an hour. The majority of them have health insurance. The majority of them are still employed. Look at Uber workers who get fired every day. If there's no work, they don't make anything, Mm -hmm. have no health insurance. Uber does not pay uh, their fair share of taxes. They've likely paid no federal income taxes. And yet Uber is worth more. It's a great business model. This all adds up to a great business model that makes Uber worth more than the entire U.S. auto industry. So we as a society, and it's not Uber's fault, we will all make rationalizations such that we can have, such that we can have, you know, a, a, a home in the Hamptons. But what we have is we've said, okay, We'd rather have a transfer of wealth from the government and from workers to shareholders. So the first, and it's the question comes down to the following. What kind of world do we want to live in? Do we want to live in a world where auto executives make millions of dollars and there are hundreds of thousands of employees that have health insurance and continue to get paid in a disaster like this? Or do we want a world of Uber where the top 100 people there make hundreds of millions or even billions but the 7 million strong labor force doesn't have health insurance and makes less than minimum wage. And what we have said loudly and clearly in this country is that we want to affect a transfer of wealth from government and from employees to shareholders. And they pay, it comes at a huge cost. In Europe, I have a lot of friends I've been talking to in Europe, and they've said that there isn't the same sense of panic. They don't believe, unless you've been affected personally by the virus, there isn't the same level of economic panic because the the rescue packages in Europe differ from the U.S. rescue package in the sense that it's mostly, mostly across European nations been about saying, okay, employees, don't worry, you need to go home, but we're going to ensure you you maintain 70 to 80 percent of your salary. Whereas in the U.S., we're like, okay, for every dollar we're going to give to individuals, we've got to give a dollar 
loan to a business or a bailout or some sort of, and I, I think this is a good idea, uh, loans to small business. But we have, we are, we've got to yeah. look in, in the mirror here. Should we be more like Germany where there are 40 to 50% of every board has to be represented by the workers? We have totally Completely. minimized labor Completely. in our country. I don't think, see, I'm, I'm going to stop you. We're not going there. You don't think We're it's going to happen? We don't like, we have a whole, that we have a whole different point of view about people and it's survived the ages, like how people are fodder, really fodder and fungible. And I don't think that's going to change by this or anything else. I think it's, it's, it's built into the DNA of the U.S., which is pull yourself up by your bootstraps, even if you don't have boots. Like, I'm right. sorry. It's just... I don't see this as changing it. I don't. I think it should. I think there should be workers on the boards of of companies. I think we should think about how they're doing it elsewhere. I, I think people are like, you're on your own, buddy. It's same thing with these testing. You're on your own, buddy. It's a DNA part of this country, and maybe, maybe it'll change. I just, I think it will be super slow going. To even, even this will not change. But, but except, except, they, I they do just, think the hypocrisy is on full display here, and that is on the way up, on the way sure. up. When the market is booming and companies are using 98% of their free cash flow to improve the stock price and companies are laying off employees such that they can increase earnings and the compensation of the top 5% of every company are largely dependent upon and have huge, huge upside around the value of their shares. We talk about rugged individualism and capitalism. And then when shit gets real and there's a trope event and the equity might get wiped out, all of a sudden CEOs are saying, we're in this together. We're in this together. Yeah, and I the know. reality is, and I, I don't take this statement lightly, we should let a lot of these companies fail. Because to be uh, to be clear, when we talk about a company failing, the CEO of the company all of a sudden wraps himself in the socialist and, and, and comity of man and red, white, and blue flag that it's all about his or her workers. No, it's not, boss. It's about your comp because the majority of your comp is through equity. And the reality is if Carnival Cruises or if Delta Airlines or if, if any company goes out of business that has worth, they're not going away. There may be some interruption and there are probably certain sectors that warrant some sort of preferred convertible preferred loan from the government because they could do so much damage if they go away for a while. But the vast majority of companies, it just means the equity holders get wiped out. It just means that the wealthiest, the 10% of top income earning households who have had champagne and cocaine economy for the last 12 years, it means they finally get kicked in the nuts like the rest of America that hasn't had a wage raise in 30 years. But be clear, if Carnival Cruises, and I want to, you know, and, and I recommended the stock three weeks, oops. But the bottom line is, if that company goes bankrupt, the ships don't go to the bottom of the ocean. It just means the debt holders now own the ships and the equity gets wiped out. So are we capitalists on the way up and the way down? Or are we just capitalists on the way up? This is a test for us. Do we walk yeah. the walk? Well, are we going to privatize? Right, thank are we going to privatize and, the gains? And that has privatize been... <laughs> the gains and socialize the losses is kind of the is basically the call sign uh, for CEOs what? here. Can I just say? It's so good to have you on the show, Alexandria Cocchio Cortez. It's really uh, lovely to have you. Jim. You, oh <laughs> you my God, you me, you me, Hannity AOC, double date from heaven. Oh my God. <laughs> no, we're not oh, going there. I would Listen, so we're go there. Take a quick break, AOC. Oh my God, you are so on the on the communist train. I love it. That's um, capitalism. Scott, I'm on a capitalism train. Cap I know compassion. I'm on a capitalism right, train. Okay. Uh, uh, okay, sure. Not the capitalism, I think most of us. All these fucking Anyways, CEOs God, are now socialists. Time, now, they all want bailouts now. Time for a quick break. Time, of course they are. Time for a quick break. Didn't you watch Titanic? What happened there? They got on the lifeboats, the rich people. Come on. Left the poor people down below. They locked them down below. Anyway, Scott, it's time for a quick break. We'll be back. That movie introduced mail. me to Celine Dion. They should all burn in hell. <laughs> Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, 
Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. All right, Scott. How about some listener mail? Go to the tape, Rebecca. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you've got mail. Hey, Karen, Scott. This is Tim from Los Angeles. And I had a question about the coronavirus and the impact on the streaming wars. Uh, Scott, you've been skeptical in the past about Quibi and you know, any new service launching, uh, you know, after we got uh, the release of Disney Plus. Uh, and, you know, I'm curious, has the current climate change your assessment uh, about the viability of a new streaming service you know because could there be a better time to launch uh, to launch a new streaming service and what would quibi need to do to maintain momentum once people are no longer housebound by the pandemic thanks guys mm, that's a good one they're about set to that launch next one. week um and uh by the way the last weekend was the first weekend in u.s box office that it hit zero revenue just as China started reopening the theaters for the first time since the COVID-19 hit. What do you think, Scott? TV pilots have been halted. They can't make them. Broadcasters are a huge employer in L.A. during the pilot seasons. Uh, they don't. They have material, but, you know, they'll run out at some point. What do you think about Quibi's chances now? Well, just as in a time of crisis or sort of a, a hundred-year flood event or revolution or war, sometimes a nation will let people out of prison— Jack Dorsey, Jeffrey Katzenberg, uh, Masayoshi San have all gotten a reprieve. And that is, you could see Quibi is going to get a ton of momentum out of the gates because we're all at home. These quick hit, fun uh, video content and series that they have lined up. And some of them look really fun. I think I think we have never needed a revival of punk more than we need it now. And that is Quibi is planning <laughs> to do. So, yeah, I think Quibi actually has... A fighting chance here. I still don't think it survives. I don't. What su- about marketing? They can't really market themselves, can they? As well, well I guess on TV, uh, how do they get people using it? Well, it, it all comes down to this: the value proposition isn't there because in since the two and a half years since they launched it, basically they're saying for five bucks a month you get one and a half billion dollars of content. Whereas Apple is saying for five bucks a month we'll give you four to seven billion dollars of content a month, and and Netflix for twelve bucks will give you. 10, eight to twelve billion dollars a year in content. So, unless Quibi has some secret sauce, and they've claimed their secret sauce is short form, which, as far as I can tell, you can't patent. It's just going to come down to value. They're not going to be able to put put as much talent and production value on mm-hmm. the screen per dollar, and consumers ultimately make that trade off. But they'll get more momentum out of the gates. There are some, you know, their timing is really fortunate here. I work for a company that does online education. I don't want to say we're benefiting from this, but our timing was really lucky here. And Quibi, Quibi is really lucky. Quibi is going to launch their boats with a lot of wind behind them over the long content and content content. and long term. I don't know. What do you think? Are you are you looking forward? Are you bullish on Quibi? I'll look at it. Definitely. I think the I think the winner here has been Netflix with their shows. I mean, they have had more people just really appreciate Netflix now. I haven't heard as much talk about Disney Plus. I, I don't have kids who are watching the Disney Plus stuff right now. Now. Yeah. But of course, I will again. But um, I think that I think they're all going to do well. But I do think Netflix has shown itself to be once again the one that runs the track around yeah, everybody agreed. else. Um, and they and this money well spent at this point. Um, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. It's an interesting moment for certain businesses. Like I know everyone I know is that has money is buying a Peloton, for example. And of course, they aren't delivering until April, late April, yeah. stuff like that. But, you know, in this case, yes, I think you're right. Jeff Katzenberg, it was very dicey in terms of getting people to use this in a busy world. And now the world's not so busy and it looks like it's not going to be busy for a while. And and I think you're right. I, but I do think it's there's a question of what do people do 
to make more things. Like I, I was on the set of Billions, I think in January or something like that. Um, how, they were not through the season by any stretch. So what? how do you make, you know, like they've been doing the, I don't know if you've been watching like Jimmy Kimmel or yeah. uh, Jimmy Fallon or some of the, or, or Stephen Colbert. They've been trying their level best to, 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 to make shows. And I think they're kind of good. They're kind of been pretty interesting to watch. Um, but I don't know how long you can sustain that. And that's, that's the, that's the issue. Um, but you know, certain TV mediums, like I have to say, Chris Cuomo, who has coronavirus, I, yeah. I cannot stand him most days of the week. And, I got to tell you, he's in the basement, Chris, sick Chris Cuomo. I'm sorry he's sick, and I'm and he seems to be doing better than most people. But it's really compelling watching to watching it, and it's very emotional in a way that's actually very touching. Um, and and so it's interesting because I do definitely I'm spending a lot more time watching television. But I don't know what do you. Well, think? I saw Chris Cuomo. I turned it on, and then I was literally I wa- I was watching him. I like Chris Cuomo. I really think he made a mistake giving um, Kellyanne Conway such a big platform. I, th- I thought that was a, mm-hmm. a strategic error. But I turned that thing on, and I, I literally read as I was watching him that Chris Cuomo has COVID nineteen. I'm like, shit! I want what he has. That guy is so handsome and so articulate, and <laughs> seems to has it. I mean, is that what happens when you get COVID nineteen? You're no. That God, guy looks great. Stop. Oh God, Jesus! That Listen guy looks me. great. COVID nineteen equals bad for most well, people. I get but that. Here's the deal. I, get I think that. he's bringing it. I I I'm I I think he's bringing it home in a very emotional way for people, and I think he he's articulating it well. But I think a lot of people have a chance now to really do substantive information like this, like he's doing, and 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 I think Quibi will will provide pleasure to people like you know who are just bummed out. So I have some inside baseball here, and okay. which will probably right. queer the deal I'm working on. Wait, is that? bigoted or sexist to say queer the deal just go ahead anyway i'm just not even bother at this point anyways so uh the dog just to give you a sense of how desperate uh content uh, how much you know how much money has over invested in content creation i've been talking to studios about doing a show and it started with <laughs> budgets of half a million to a million dollars for sort of like a a business review show, right? And mm-hmm. now the budgets are a hundred to two hundred k an episode, and they want to film them from your home. And so, mm-hmm. what will happen when content? I mean, what we're finding is quite frankly is that eighty percent of the production value gets you probably ninety percent of the value. And I wonder if we're going to shift and take money out of production value such that we can have more content and more selection, because all of the folks who are bidding on our show have said, now there's more of them bidding, but they've all cut their budgets and said, we're going to film it from your home. Because I think what they're finding is in a lot of instances that if you're watching MSNBC, I did an interview yesterday with Stephanie Rule and Stephanie was in her home and all the all of us were in our homes. It's going to, the quality will get better. They'll use technology to figure out and tweak it. But it's, I mean, you and I, you are a perfect example. We're- yeah. Where mm-hmm. our production value has gone down. We're no longer putting video on YouTube. The sound quality mm-hmm. is only 90% as good as it usually is, but it doesn't seem to be impairing people's consumption. So no. is is media about to become the greatest innovation in retail history or fastest zero to a billion retailer was Old Navy that said for 80%... We'll offer you we'll offer you eighty percent of the quality of the gap for fifty percent of the price, and it went to a billion dollars faster. Is media about to go eighty percent of the production quality for fifty mm. percent of the price and dramatically expand their market share because across different mediums because they're able to put a lot of stuff on screen for less money? That is interesting. What I really want to know is why you're doing a show without me, but I'm not going to go into because that. Because I'm now. a we'll, narcissist. We'll be that later with Esther Perel in our you, session. Our you, me, session. and that windbag of rage. <laughs> Oh I'm going to do a show with Sean Hannity now, just you so should. you know, just so I'm going you over should. there to Fox. No, you start to never. like people I'm, who are mean to you. It's like foreplay for no, you. You like them. You like, come over here. An, come over no, here. Let's go to the no, Orange Julius and make out together Dr. at the mall. Shane, Shane uh, nine, nine, mine. Let's go to the mall nine, and make nine. out at the Orange Julius, says that hypocritical, <laughs> no. lazy icon but you're of right. journalism. I think, I, think, I think you're making a very salient insight here, whether it co- it needs to cost that much. It does. And I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting time to see what happens. But I think they'll probably go back to their sets and their well, limos live. and their cars. And live, you miss a lot. Live. When You you know, it's really, yep. it, quite frankly, that one of the, you have those moments that sort of brings home what is going on. But when you're watching Colbert or Kimmel and they pan to the audience and you see a bunch of ca- a bunch of uh, of the admin staff and a bunch of the 
riders and the workers all sitting in the audience 10 feet from each other, it's like, oh, I almost forgot what's going on. Now I remember. Yeah. It really is kind of a, yeah. it's one of those sort of rattling moments. Although there's one area, and then we're going to take a break, is is I thought the debate between Biden and um, Bernie was quite good because it was actually substantive because there wasn't the crowds and it. it just made it better. It made it better as a as a policy discussion. So it's, it, it goes back and forth. But I think you've got you're on to something, Scott Galloway, uh, sneaking around Hollywood without me. Anyway, we're going to be right back uh, with predictions when we return. I rubbed Sean Hannity's feet last night. I'm coming clean. I'm coming clean. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, we're back. Scott, it's Friday. Do you have a prediction? Uh, What is your prediction? We need a prediction. Uh, My prediction is, and I don't know, I have no inside information here, but my prediction is Mm -hmm. um, the majority of universities in hot zones, whether it's San Francisco or New York, are not going to open for fall. I think that when we get through this, when we get through this, and we will, I think there's going to be a a decent amount of thoughtful and warranted concern about the, the the relapse in the fall. And yeah. we're going to decide that putting uh, my class is 160 people in a tight room. And yeah. we're going to probably decide that even if this thing has gone away, unless we have a vaccine, we're going to decide not to do that for a while. So we're going to see oh, this wow. incredible uh, value creation or focus on dispersion. And that is um, that is industries that typically bring a lot of people together in a small place are going to take fall off. And this is going to have huge ramifications on the world of education, where it's no longer going to be a moment in time where we all have to learn how to do Zoom. It's probably going to be the the catalyst for what is the the long-awaited disruption in education, where we no longer constrain supply through our physical spaces. So fall is going to be a very interesting moment in time. We're supposed to welcome uh, uh, several million new students to campuses. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to do that unless the campus is spread out and it'll go, it'll be on a case by case basis, but your dense universities in areas where there was a lot of COVID-19. And I'm wondering if there's any area that's not going to have a lot of COVID-19 right now. I think this thing is going to find every corner of the U.S. In cities for sure. And they're going to say, do we want to be, do we want to be the university that was the new hot zone for a relapse in the fall? That's going to become a very real concern. Anyways, I think education in the fall is going to be, is going to, is going to decide not to be. What about schools? What about a It's a great question. I don't know. What do you think? I just have no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. My kids went back to school this week online and it's really substandard. I have to say, I'm kind of, I mean. Weird, isn't it? Have you listened in? It's weird. Well, it's not well done, and yeah. and and they have to think hard because I'll tell you, we pay a lot. I, my kids go to private school, but they pay a lot of money, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, I don't think anybody's getting it right, but it's really, uh, it's a really, it, I don't know. I have a kid in a ninth grader and a kid who's going to college, and both the colleges he wants to go to are in hot, really hot zones. And so, um, I don't know. I think he's going to have to work at a restaurant or something like once they sort of start to open up or take out place but um, new executive producer for the Hannity show <laughs> Louis Swisher that's right oh he's so good he called me he wrote me I love you mom you're so great it's so funny even my mom even though she was tatting Fox News wrote it like a text that I put up about Sean Hannity being a 
a horse's ass, essentially. Um, so, uh, yeah, my family does stick together. The Italians do stick together in the end. You're Italian? Like the Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wait, and your yes, dad was friend. German, which means you were smart enough to know you're fucked up, but too lazy to do anything about it. My uh, Italian-German uh, humor. For us. No, no, Italian was on my mom's side. She's 100% Italian. I'm happy. Lucky Italian. is Italian? So, 100%. 100%. My grandfather was born in Italy. Um, and yes, 100%. Oh, some good think? news. Did you see is. that Italy what? had its lowest number of new cases in several weeks yesterday? Yes, I thought that That's was great, nice and news. I'm hoping That's nice that day comes here sooner than later, for sure. Anyway, we have to go. Uh, Not if Scott. I can look like Chris Cuomo. God, that dude is dreamy. <laughs> God, that dude Scott, is dreamy. Scott, Scott, is that your new crush? Is that your new man crush? He is so handsome, and he's thoughtful he's and handsome. articulate. And you look at There's him, no way and he looks it. a little bit sad, and his older brother is the governor and loves him. It's de- that guy. Yeah. Everyone's focused. The Cuomo. Everyone's focused I, I, on Andrew. Someone at Slate called it the Cuomo. The Cuomo. They're quite And isn't quite he married to a There's, Kennedy? That's it. Next life, I'm coming back as no, Chris no, Cuomo. No, she, she, no, not Chris Cuomo. The other Cuomo was. Uh, the governor Cuomo was. And right. there was a bad breakup. There was oh, I'm a bad, sorry to hear yes, that. Yes, didn't you follow that scandal? I'm sorry to hear um, that. And yes, he's quite good. He's quite, has nice hair. I think you're attracted to the hair as usual. Um, and it is excellent hair and that you will never have. Let's just make that clear. There's a lot going on there and that's actually, never going to happen Sean Hannity has better hair than you. Sean, Sean has very good has hair. <laughs> no, he, he has, has very good hair. hair. <laughs> well, let's leave on a high note. Sean, nice hair. Well done. We think that's great. He and I could absolutely bond over our rage, over our ill-informed rage. God. All right. This is such a moment for you. Oh, my God. This is such a moment for you. I am so jealous. I'm telling you. I I am so jealous. That's really what it is. But you don't want the focus. You don't want to be tweeted at day and night by this guy. It's creepy and weird. Anyway, I think, you know what, here, this is my last thing on it. Look, there was a story by Ben Smith that they didn't like about Fox News. Ben Smith, who was the media reporter. There's been several stories about this in the Times, and he just is using it to go after you. You were kind. And it's easy. You were kind. I I, I was kind compared to everyone else. And by the way, let me just say, it's easy to attack a woman who just, I don't know why it's me that set him off, but he's mad about the New York Times, and it's totally calculated. It's a calculated effort on behalf of these people, which they do all the time. No, when you watch... Look, something else. When you watch and when you advertise on Fox, be clear, be clear, you are financing the increase in infection and mortality rates, much less a voice that strategically and tactically goes after progressive female voices. You are not the first person. If you are female, if you are progressive and you are emerging voice, they decide to come after and in a concerted way across their media properties, across the Post, across the Wall Street Journal, across Fox News, they go after progressive emerging female voices. So that is who you are funding advertisers of Fox. Well done. Oh, my God. Get away. Anyway, don't forget if you have a story. I'll survive. I don't want to, like, you know, if I start to play adenopause with those assholes, I'm going to lose. So they're just, he's just wrong. He's just wrong. Anyway, don't forget if you have a story in the news and you're curious about what you want, when you want to hear our opinion, email us at pivot at voxmedia.com to be featured on the show. Scott, read us out. I think Chris Cuomo and I could be friends. No. You know, they, no. I think we could be friends. No. I think he'd just come out, come over and we'd hang out. He's into sports. I'm not, but we'd just hang out. I think he'd call security. We'd just you, hang out. Please read us out. Security. That's what it would happen. Today's that's episode it. was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Our executive producer is Erica Anderson. Special thanks to Drew Burrows and Rebecca Castro. If you like what you heard, please download or subscribe. We'll be back at the beginning of next week for a breakdown of all things tech and business. Stay safe. We're getting through this.